I want to preach to you for a moment today on my hope. Everybody say, my hope. Everyone hopes for different things, and the question becomes, what do you hope for? What is your hope built on? What's it based on? Some people spend their entire life on the hope of a position, trying to climb a corporate ladder to get to the top. Sadly, sometimes when they get there, they find out they're there all alone. Sometimes we spend our lives hoping that we can get to the mountains or, or hoping to go to Australia or hoping that one day I'll get to go to Hawaii, you know, and our hope. But then if you get there and you get there and you're alone, it's kind of a hopeless feeling, isn't it? The unique thing about putting your hope in God is that when you do that, you are never alone. Amen. Say it with me. I'm never alone. Let's pray together today. Father, we're so grateful and thankful, God, for all that you've given us to hope for. God, we ask today, Father, that we could be a mouthpiece, God, that you could flow through. Lord, we want less of us and more of you, and we'll give you the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say it with me again. What I hope for. My hope. In Jeremiah 29 and 11, this is a prophetic utterance by Jeremiah from God. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and hope. Now, sometimes we read that, but we don't really get that. We forget when that prophecy was given, what was going on at the time. Judah was being invaded by Babylon. They, 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 they had fallen into a point of where they were worshiping everything except God. And so God was getting their attention. He told them, look, there's some things getting ready to happen, and those things begin to happen around them. And this would end with Judah, Jerusalem being in ruins and people being carried into captivity. But yet in this passage, with that happening around them, the Lord speaks to Jeremiah and says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. What is God saying to us? God's saying that no matter what's happening around you, that's not to destroy you. That's to bring you to me, to build you up, to change things around you, and to give you a hope my hope is in God I thought about how important it is to have hope Sandy talked about coming here and and that hope that they were looking for that that there's a God that still heals that he's still present and he's still able that God doesn't just show up when everything's going good in your life 
As a matter of fact, most of the time when things are going good, sometimes we forget about God. But it's when things are going bad, and that's when you really have to reach down and reach out and ask yourself, where's my hope? Because if my hope is in God, then no matter what I'm going through, it's not going to rob me of what God has declared over me, of what I know to be true, my hope. How many of you are hoping for a Christmas present this year? Anybody? None of you? It's going to be a cheap Christmas, huh? How many of you are hoping for a raise? Boy, nobody. Don't, go, don't ever complain about thank you. I started to say not a hand went up except Joyce's. She's going to get everybody else's raise. <laughs> Praise God. We know who to go to to borrow money when this is over. No, okay. This, so it's, you have to. Then this is what I'm saying is that you, you declare your hope. You make it known, and you have faith that God is going to bring it to pass. Look at what the psalmist says in the 71st chapter of Psalms. But I will hope continually and praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the night long, for I do not know their limits. Now, I read that, but did we really hear it? So let's take a look at it by step. I will hope continually. Hope isn't about a moment and we're saying, okay, God, I'm believing for it, I'm believing for it, I'm believing for it. Next week it didn't happen well. <laughs> I will hope continually. What are you saying? I'm saying that your hope isn't something that can be broken or that can be altered by circumstances or situations because your hope is not in the circumstance. Your hope is not in the situation. My hope is in God, and he doesn't change. The Bible said Jesus Christ, the what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. My hope. You remember when gas used to be cheap? My hope is, is that it'll go down. But if it doesn't, it's not going to rob me of where my real hope is. Because I understand this, that if it doesn't, doesn't go down, God's going to give me the money I need to pay what I've got to pay to get to where I need to get. My hope. Sometimes we declare things and we, we declare it without even thinking about it. When I was a teenager... I wrote in my yearbook, gasoline has gone berserk. It's 89.9. <laughs> True, I can take you to my yearbook and show you. 89.9. Gasoline's gone berserk. I went into a filling station, and the, we were talking about the gas. The guy looked at me, and he said, they say it'll get to be a dollar a gallon by summer. I looked at him defiantly and said, I'll walk before I pay a dollar a gallon for gas. And I want you to know I meant every word of it. I walked to the car, drove to the station. <laughs> See, sometimes we just, we, we, we say things without really thinking it through. And then we are confused when it doesn't happen like we thought it ought to happen. But my hope isn't in my ability to navigate. My hope is in him. I said, my hope, dear God, help us if Siri ever goes on strike because none of us will know how to get anywhere. 
Do you know that most people don't even know how to read a map today? They don't know how to read a map. And I, and I don't, I, you know, I haven't realized just how dependent I become on that little girl with no face. I just take it for granted. I get in the car and pop it in. Siri, take me to such and such. Most of the time, Siri ignores me. I have to get Debbie to talk to her. It's true. I don't know what's going on, but she just won't listen to what I got to say. I got so mad at her one day, I was yelling at her in the car. What? I'm trying to talk to you. Didn't affect her at all. She just kept ignoring me. <laughs> See, what I'm saying is this, is we have to have our hope in God because he's the only one that knows how to get us where we need to be. Amen. He's the one that does the navigation and we just trust what he's telling us to do. I will hope continually. I look, look, I look forward to what he's promised me. I'll hope continually. I'll, I'll, I'll look toward it. I'm, going, I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm not going to throw up my hands and quit. I'm going to hope continually. Everybody say hope. The next thing he says is, and yet I will praise him more and more. See, some of us choose not to praise him until we get what we hope for. And that's not really praise. The author says, I'll hope continually. What's he saying? He said, even when it, I haven't seen it, I'm going to continue to hope, but I'm going to take it a step further. I'm just not going to hope for it. I'm going to praise him more and more. I'm not going to wait for it to happen. I'm going to praise him for what's already happened. I'm going to praise him for the prayers he's already answered. I'm going to praise him for the things he's already done. I'm going to carry an attitude of gratitude and let worship in my heart express that. Do you ever not, do you ever get to the point where you wouldn't talk to somebody because she's mad because they didn't do what you asked them to do? We treat God that way. Sometimes if we're not careful, we treat God that way. We don't get what we wanted him to do when we wanted him to do it, so we just quit talking to him. Quit praying. Can I tell you that the recipe for hope to happen in your life, for your prayer to be answered, is to praise him before it happens to worship him before he ever does it because that lets him know that you really love him. That you really thank him. That you really praise him. Debbie doesn't have a problem thanking me when I do something. How many of you ever asked somebody to do something then after they did it, you didn't thank them? You don't have to wave your hand on that one. Or after they did it, you didn't like the way they did it, and so you said, well, I guess I got to do it myself because, you know, you never get it done right. I'll just have to do it myself. Guess what? You're going to spend the rest of your life doing everything yourself. Because you don't get someone to respond by complaining about the way they do things or by the fact that they haven't. And what you do is you do what my wife does to me. When she sees me doing dishes, taking dishes out of the dishwasher, this is her response to me. 
Thank you so much. You got anything else you need washed? <laughs> Turn me loose on the clothes. I'm ready to go. Thank you. So you see what she does, and I figured this out after 40-plus years of marriage. How long have we been married? 41 years we've been married. 42? It seems like just 41. <laughs> 40, after 42 years of marriage, I figured out she knows that by bragging on me and thanking me and praising for me for what I've done, I want to keep doing more. Don't you think the God that wired us that way understands something about that? Don't you think that when we begin to praise him and thank him for what he's already done, that he wants to do more for us? How many of you had Thanksgiving? Wave your hand if you had Thanksgiving. Did you have good food? When, when, it, was, when it was all done, did you, did you thank the cook? When it was all done, did you, after you sat down, when you, when you looked at the table, did you look at the table and go, I could have cooked this better myself. Guess who's cooking next Thanksgiving? See, you've got to learn how to praise. Everybody say, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to thank him. Don't let your prayer session become a to-do list for Jesus. Praise him. Everybody say, praise him. I will hope in him continually. I will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and salvation. What's he saying? He's saying once he's done it, tell everybody. If you've, how many of you in here are saved? If you've been saved, then you have an, I start saying obligation. Let me change the word. You have a privilege to be able to share with other people what God has done for you. You know what, man? If my wife, every time I heard her talking about me, she was saying, yeah, you know, he's okay. I could have done better. I, I, how would that make? See, we've got to not just let God know, but we need to let the world know that my hope and my faith is in a God that is awesome, that beside him there is none other, that nobody but God can do it. Somebody say it with me again, hope. I thought about what he, the, the writer said in this last passage. He makes a statement and he said, for I do not know their limits. This is what the writer's saying. He's saying, you know, I'm going to hope in God continually. I'm going to praise him more and more. I'm going to declare what he's done for me. And there's no limit to what God can do. Amen. Everybody say it with me. There's no limit to what God can do. Everybody say hope. The acronym for hope, acrostic. What's an acronym? We'll preach about that another time. The acrostic for hope. Hung on pure expectancy. Say it with me. Hung on pure expectancy. Any of you ever have Publishers Clearinghouse send you anything in the mail? You've won Ten million dollars. You're going to think I'm making this up. I'm not making it up. Debbie can tell you. Years ago, there was a lady that went to 
our home church, she got Publisher's Clearinghouse in the mail. Told her, you've all seen those, you've won $10 million or you've won a million dollars. She went out and started spending all kinds of money because she was expecting that. And when she finally read the fine print, she was in trouble. She had herself hocked up to her ears, all because she hung her hope on the wrong thing. There are all kinds of things to hang your hope on. You've got to make, uh, you've got to ask yourself a question. What am I going to hang my hope on? Everybody say, hang it on God. Hang on God. Hung on pure expectancy. You, you understand the word expectancy comes from the word, it's like a, a derivative of the word expectant or expecting. Any of you ever hear the word expecting? Where have you heard that? When a woman is expecting, she wants everybody to know. I've seen girls that didn't even have a bump yet. And they went out and bought maternity tops. What, what's going on? I'm expecting. Everywhere they went, everything they thought about was hung around that expectancy. I want you to consider something. What is Christmas built on? What's it all about? It was about a nation that had fallen into darkness, that had been promised a Messiah, but they had gone through king after king after king and never seen this Messiah. 400 years of darkness would surround them, and they kept hanging on to the words of a prophet that a virgin shall conceive and have a child, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. They were expecting it to come. And after 400 years, a light lit, a candle in the darkness, began to shine. Shepherds saw angels on a hillside. And angels began to say, don't be afraid, because I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to Everybody. Somebody say, everybody. everybody. For unto what ho? Unto who? Turn around and look at your neighbor and say that. Unto you. Do you get this? That an angel is talking to shepherds, not the king in the palace, not the parliament, not the president. An angel showed up in a field with a group of folks that everybody written off, that everybody thought, oh, these folks stink. I don't want them around me. He showed up to them and said, this promise is to you. Unto you this day is born in the city of David. Make it personal. This is my hope. 
there's a little girl that has an angel show up nine months earlier and tell her not to be afraid because God's going to do what? The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you and you're going to conceive. Everybody say, you're, you need to get ready to expect something. There's a hope that's getting ready to be planted inside of you. It's not just a hope for you. It's a hope for all people. Do you understand what God has put inside of us? It's not just for us, but it's for all people. For the next nine months, Mary was expecting. Everybody say expecting. Now, everybody didn't like the fact she was expecting. There were some folks that were plain mad about that she was expecting. Why? Because they said, you didn't do it the right way. You're, you're, you haven't been, I'm going someplace with this, stay with me. You haven't been with a man, you've done this the wrong way. Well, what's that got to do with us? Isn't it odd that people look at our lives and when they see the back part of our life and then they judge that and then they look at us now and something's happened, that there's been something that was put inside of us that we carry and we're different than we used to be. I'm not the same person I used to be, so I walk a little different than I used to walk. I got a smile where I didn't have one. I got a song. I got a skip in my step and a song in my heart because there is hope in my life. Can you feel it? When Debbie was expecting, she'd wake me up in the middle of the night. I'd be dead sound asleep. She'd wake me, come here a minute. She'd wake me, I'd, I'd be snoring. Go ahead and snore. That's okay. It's like normal. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she'd, uh, she'd, she'd wake me up. Hey, honey, honey. And she'd go, feel this. He's moving. Feel it. Feel it. You feel it. You feel Oh, You feel Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, how come, how come it didn't keep me up? Because she was the one that was carrying it. And for her... She was rejoicing in what she was carrying. <laughs> oh, come on now. You need to understand what I'm saying. This isn't a time for us to be somber and to be laid back and be saying, oh, I don't know what I mean. Man, you are carrying a hope of the world inside of you, and you need to declare that everywhere you go. When Mary felt him kick, I wonder what she thought. An entire nation had been waiting for him. And she can feel him before anybody can see him. You ought to be able to relate to that. I could feel him before anybody could see him. He didn't make an appearance that night in that service where people tangibly saw him come down an aisle. But I felt him. 
I felt him come into my heart as real as if he had walked up to me face to face and looked me right in the eye and said, I'm getting ready to change you forever. I felt him come inside of me. And when he came inside of me, it changed everything. Everybody say, my hope. My hope is a hope that's not made up. It's not, it's not something that's a figment of my imagination. My hope is real. When the shepherds heard the message from the angels, they went looking for him. The Bible tells us that when we seek him with all of our heart, we'll find him. Not if we seek him mediocrely or we seek him half-heartedly, but when we go after him with everything we've got, we'll find him. When they found him, they did something else. They worshiped him more and more. Matter of fact, not only did they worship him going back, but the Bible said that when they saw him, they went out and started telling everybody what they had seen. When's the last time you told somebody about him? Man, it's awful quiet in here. When's the last time you shared your hope with someone? I want you, if you would, stand up on your feet right now. Just stand up on your feet. Do you understand why? The devil doesn't want you talking about hope. Because when you talk about it, you bring hope to others. When you begin to share it, you give someone else a reason to hope. Someone came up to me after the first service and walked up to me, and they said, man, that message went, meant so much to me. It, it, it resonated with them because it was giving them something in their heart that was tangible that they could lay hold of. We can't just talk about God in passing. There's got to be a passion inside of us that our hope is hung on, that when we talk about him, everybody knows what we're saying is real because they can feel it. Those shepherds went everywhere saying, you've got to come and see what I just saw. Come and see what I saw. Make, when he comes alive to us, we'll make him come alive to others. Amen. Amen. I said, when he comes alive to us, we'll make him come alive to others. Now, right before, right before you sit down, I want you to turn around and grab your neighbor by the hand. Shake it a little bit. Just shake their hand a little bit. Are, are, you, are you shaking? And then I want you to tell them this. I want you to say, hey, my hope is in him. You know, if, 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 my, if what we say, if what we say doesn't move anyone, then it's probably not moving us either. There's a reality to God that we hang our hope on. In Ephesians, the third chapter and the third verse, I'm going to ask Deb to come. In Ephesians, the third chapter and the third verse, I'm sorry, Ephesians, the third chapter and the 20th verse, it says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly 
above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Everybody say, in me. He said, what's, this is what Paul's saying. What's in me is able to do more than I could ever hope for. He doesn't just come by and talk to you. He sets up residence inside of you. You know why that's so important? It's so that when no one else is around and you feel like you're all by yourself, you can reach inside and begin to stir up the gift that God's placed in you. Reach down and get a hold of the hope that is in you. And when you get a hold of that hope, it's a hope that doesn't make you ashamed. It's a hope that'll cause you to begin to declare it everywhere you go, who he is. The hope was so real, I used to strap a bullhorn to the back of my Jeep and drive through town and hit it and start saying, he's alive. He's alive. Jesus is alive and well. Why did you do that? Because what was in me was getting ready to pop if I didn't tell somebody. I had to begin to share it everywhere I go. Run up here a minute, Daryl, would you? So let me ask you a question. If Daryl comes, if, if I'm talking to Daryl on the street and I walk up to him and I say, hey, I, I want to invite you to go to our church. I think you'll really like it, you know. We're really a group of intellectual people. And, and you know, the sermons are all well thought out. And, you know, and they, and so they, you know, I, I think you'll, you know, singing's, you know, pretty good too. And, you know, I, I think you'll enjoy it. Would you, you'd like to come? Well, is he alive? Who? Jesus. Is he alive in your church? I was talking to you about coming to church. I wasn't talking to you about Jesus. <laughs> I'm <mad. laughs> You, you get what I'm saying? That when all of a sudden our hope is about everything except him, that's no hope at all. But when your hope is all in him, you have that encounter, it's going to be look a lot differently. When you have that encounter, you're going to walk up to, hey, Daryl, man, you're not going to believe this. I met him. I met him. Jesus is alive. He's well. I, I'm, there's a hope that I carry. You know how depressed I was. I'm not that way anymore. I want you to go to church with me because I want you to meet him too. And when people see that, they may think you're flipped out. But one thing they're going to know is your hope is real, your love is real, and that God is real. So let me ask a question. How many of you in here today are ready to hope? You got some hope? You're saying, look, I, 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 I've got something I'm hoping for. I want you to come right now. You're, you're saying, I've got something that I'm hoping for, that I'm believing God for. I want you to come up here right now, right now. Now, if you keep the hope in the pew, don't complain if you don't get an answer. Just come and stand across the front of this church. 
If you've got a hope, spread out. Come on, there's plenty of room. Just... Come on, I, I want everybody to get in here. Now let me, let me go through this with you one more time so you understand how this works, how hope works. Do you ever feel like an idiot? You know what I'm talking about? I, I had a chainsaw. I was trying to, I couldn't get the thing, the chain to go. And man, I'm, I can't believe I'm even confessing this. I couldn't get the chain to go. And I, got, I thought, man, what is wrong with this? And I worked with it for like 30 minutes at the house. And I finally took the thing into uh, Buckeyes and went back to their chainsaw department. I said, I do not know what's wrong with this chain. I said, it's locked up. I don't know, you know, the engine's running, but the chain's locked up. I don't know what's going on. And he looked at me and he said, well, did you take the brake off? I didn't even tell my wife about that. Oh, thanks. Felt like an idiot. It wasn't that the chainsaw didn't work. It was I didn't know how to do it. It's not that God doesn't work. It's not that he doesn't answer. It's not that hope isn't real. It's sometimes we don't know how to do it. Anybody in the house? Well, how do you do it? He tells us right there. He said, I will hope continually. This is what he's saying. He's saying, I'm not going to give up hoping. I'm not going to quit hoping. I'm going to continually to hope. No matter how long it takes, I'm going to continue to hope. I will hope continually. The next thing he said is, I will praise him yet more and more. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm not waiting for the answer to come. I'm praising him right here, right now, and I'm going to do it more and more and more. I'm going to make the devil nervous. I'm going to praise God so much, and the devil's going to do what? The devil's going to say, well, your answer hasn't even come yet. And I'm going to say, yeah, you, I'm praising him anyway. And you, you think I'm praising him now? You wait till my answer comes. I, I'm really going to let you know what God's like. The next thing he said was, I'm going to declare his righteousness and salvation. So I got my hope going, got my praise going. Now I need to get my mouth going. I got, I'm going to declare, I can't keep it quiet. I'm going to declare that salvation and his righteousness. And the last thing he said, I know no end to it. It has no boundaries. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can hope for, all I can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. That's why you feel depression try and grip you, especially this time of year, because this time of year is when hope was born. And depression tries to grip you and suck the life out of you because the devil knows if they get a hold of that hope, I'm never going to be able to stop it. So what you've got to do is you've got to do what the psalmist said and shake it off. Hope continually. Praise him more and more. Declare his goodness. Declare his righteousness. Declare his salvation. And look the devil right in the eye and said, you know what? There's no end to what God can do. And that, my friend, 
is what my hope is hung on. He is the hope of my life. So all across this building right now, I want you to get it in your head. I want you to see your hope. How do I do that? By faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. See your hope and declare it. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's the proof that God is real. Are you ready? As you stretch your hands to heaven, I'm going to walk down. I'm going to ask the guys to stay with me. I'm going to walk down, and all I'm going to do is touch you. I'm going to do this quickly. I'm coming into agreement with your hope, with your faith. Now, look, depression, God doesn't answer. God's moved by faith. Being overwhelmed doesn't get God's attention. God moves by faith. The Bible said that without faith, it's impossible to please him. But with faith, kingdoms were brought down. Fires were quenched with faith. Are you ready? Are you ready? I, I don't know what your name is, but I looked at you. Brandon? Brandon. I looked at you a moment ago. When I looked at you, I felt something. And I thought, God's doing something in your life. That, that there's, that, that, I don't know where you're at right now in your walk. But I want you to understand that God has a promise for you. And if you reach for it and begin to embrace it, you're going to see everything around you start changing. Are you ready for that? All right, then stretch your hands to heaven and say, Lord, I believe you. Father, I thank you. All of my hopes is in the name, the name of Jesus. Breakthrough will come. If it's already done. Stretch your hands to heaven when you turn right now. Declare it 
to say I got to live in it I just kick it out of the way as you stretch your hands to heaven with me right now thank you for Dwayne God thank you for what you're doing for him right now God for him in Jesus name can you love him can you love him come on put your hands together for Jesus just give him a big hand clap of praise I didn't, even, I didn't even see you here, girl. Stretch your hands to heaven. He's been so real, hasn't he? You've seen him work in tight spots. Literally make a way where there seemed to be no way. And I just want to remind you that all that that's inside of you, you've got to declare to others. So God's going to not just continue to answer that that you hope for, that fire is getting ready to feel some gas thrown on it. It's just, I think, ran it to her now, God. I give you praise for it. I thank you for it. Come on. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. 
let you go, but I want you to hear me. And I want you to understand because sometimes you have to know the tactics of the enemy. The Bible said that we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. This time of year at Christmas, a time that is set aside for rejoicing and thanking God is also one of the worst times of the year for depression. Why? Understand your enemy and you'll know. It's because he knows that this time of year is a time of year that hope entered the world. And he's scared to death that that message is going to get out. Because once the message of hope is out, it transforms the world. And so what he does is he, he, he jumps on you and tries to put things on you to depress you, to distress you, to get you down so you won't focus on the hope that comes at this time. And it's, it's I don't want to say it's odd, but isn't it unique that this time of the year when depression is so rampant is also the time of the year that hope is so strong. That it's the time of year that people that are in orphanage is find out that there are some folks that are willing to give and to share and, and, and they get things that they don't get any other time of the year. That the Samaritan's boxes that we did, the first thing that we did, those boxes will go to millions of children around the world and it's the only time of the year and testimony after testimony has shared the experience of that hope and how it changed their life. What are you getting at, Pastor? I'm saying, don't let the devil have your hope. Don't let depression try and rob you of what God has promised you because there's something powerful on the inside of you that God wants to use. Everybody say, here I am, God, use me. Use me. Hey, come here, Jennifer, just a second. This girl's middle name ought to be Resilience. She's, she's had to go through so much and she's faced so much, but just continue to trust and believe God. And I commend you in front of all these folks, there aren't many people that could have survived that. But not only have you survived, you've been able to move forward in the midst of it. And it's always been like a back and forth and a back and forth. But the Bible says concerning God that he's faithful not to forget your labor of love all the time and all the energy and all the faith that you poured in when everybody else was looking around and and you know it, it was hard for them to believe you continued to stand and declare god's not going to forget that and so as you stretch your hands to heaven today you're going to feel the substance of things hoped for father i thank you for it right now god because you speak those things that are not as though they were, and you bring them into existence. We've seen you do it in this family over and over and over again. We just thank you that you're continuing that. Yeah. Praise you, praise Hallelujah, hallelujah. Grab someone by the hand, we're getting ready to go. What are we doing? We're spreading the hope of Christmas, not one day, but all year long, that hope that lives in our heart, 
that salvation that we know from a personal experience that we're going to take it and share it with everyone. So on the count of three, we're going to yell, my hope is in God. Are you ready? One, two, three. My hope is in God. Come on, give me a hand clap of praise in this house.